know who could tell us a little bit more about Mel Taranto and Alana Chern and all these fantastic players at Colton United who are, I think, won everything this year. And the man who's at clean the... Clean sweep. Clean sweep, who's at the helm. Uh, Mark Torcaso. Mark, are you on the line? I am. Can you hear me okay? We can certainly hear you okay, Mark. And Mark, you've got to t- talk us through that uh, the week leading up to the final and what was it like for the team? Because you've already won everything else. Was there more pressure to win this to get that clean sweep? Um, no, not really. I think uh, for us, we were mainly focusing on um, another game uh, and another opportunity to play, um, but more importantly, play on a on a big stage again. So um, we didn't really focus too much on the fact that it was another another final. Um, obviously, we had the luxury of playing in a in a Nike FC Cup as well during the season, where the players got to experience uh, a big game too. So we sort of just try to. Um, not tone it down, but just keep it as normal as possible. Um, and I guess throw in a couple of little things here and there that, yeah, there was a, there was a championship at the end of it. So, uh, but we try to tone it down as much as we can just to, to keep the players as focused as possible. Well, even if it is a, a, a one game at a time kind of affair, there, there must have been something, you know, like some kind of spidey sense going off about the fact that it was, you know, the first grand final since the previous one where you guys also met Boleyn, also got the result. There must have been something going off. But, um, of course, it, it was a, a different game, a different Boleyn side. How did you find the actual uh, match itself? Because Boleyn obviously got into the final um, upsetting Heidelberg United in the process. But they are a, a good footballing side, one that we know your players uh, like to play and, and certainly look out for. How did you find the actual match itself? Um, I think, uh, like, Berlin were probably uh, a little bit... A few people were probably underestimating them a little bit. They, mm. they, on on paper, they probably had, had a, a, almost a better side than us. Like, they probably had more players with, uh, with W League experience. Mm. So... Um, from that perspective, like I know that everyone was sort of saying that they were the underdogs. I actually looked at it as a, as a very tough uh, game, hence why they obviously got the result the week before. But as the game sort of played out, um, we just stuck to our our roles and our, and our um, I guess objectives. Um, you know, it was it was important to get that goal. You know, early in the game, um, it obviously it was a it was a great finish by Alana Soon, finish or cross, whatever we'll call it. Um, <laughs> No, Mark, so you it. need to give us a different answer. Was it a cross <laughs> or a shot? I'll let you ask her one day when you have a conversation with her. But yeah, I, th- I think that's quite- the I think that's the that's the problem with those sorts of goals, isn't it? Because at the end of the at the end of the day, only the player knows, and the player is only ever going to answer. No, of course I meant that. I oh, knew exactly what I was doing <laughs> all the time. And like even at halftime, I, I pulled her over and I said, "Honestly, mate, how'd you go? What, what were you thinking with that?" She goes, <laughs> "I honestly was thinking cross shot, cross shot, and it was an in between." She goes, "So you know what? Everyone can make it up. They might make it out of what they think it was." So. She was undecided of what it was as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, once we scored that goal, I think the key with us this year has been scoring early in the game um, and, and scoring early in that final, I think, really set the tone for us because we knew, we knew if we scored early um, and we know how to, we, we defend really well, we knew that we'd be able to sort of lock that game out. Um, and then, yeah, just like there was a few – there's actually a few hairy moments there. I think um, – uh, there was a great cross that Alana J played across the box where mm. I think Leah might have finished, almost finished it at the back post. Um, and then Alyssa pulled off a fantastic save just before the half as well. So we, we sort of just kept our, our discipline and we kept our smarts. Um, and then we literally set ourselves a goal of trying to trying to score in the first 20 minutes of the second half. Um, and I actually thought Berlin got on top of us towards the end of the first half. 
Um, it was just battling through that, and they did it really well, the girls. And then, obviously, you know, we came out pretty strong in the second half and probably could have ended up winning the game a lot more than what we did. Um, there's a lot of chances in a couple of crossbars, a couple of posts. Uh, Emily Shields was fantastic in goals for her last game. Um, she pulled off some great saves too. So it sort of just rolled on like that. The girls just stuck to the task. And as I said, it, it didn't, they didn't play it as if it was a final. They just played it as if it was another game um, uh, and, and just to defend and be strong. Is it for this side, a lot of these players are heading with you up to taking that next step and playing in the A-League uh, women's. Is this kind of like a nice stepping stone to have such a successful season? Do you feel more confident heading into uh, this A-League women's season? That's pretty pretty close, actually. Yeah, I, I do. I, in all honesty, that, that's why, like I think I said in my end-of-game speech, you know, Bolin is, is the measuring stick because of the players they've got on their mm-hmm. side. Like, they've got championship-winning players there. Um, you know, even Emily Shields played at Melbourne City a few years ago. So you've got players in that side that are, you know, warranted. So that's why I feel confident or comfortable going into the A-League season with some of these players from Calder because if we can match it against, you know, three or four A-League players in opposition sides, even Heidelberg to some extent, who had a few as well, if we can match it with that, then I'm confident that the players that we've got, you know, adding in a few, obviously, overseas players and things like that, I think that will be very competitive. Um, and that sort of that confidence that you we got throughout the season is going to be very important for those players that are coming across to Western. Mm. And like I think if you exactly as you said, if you think about a lot of those sort of bullying stars, you know, Eliadis, Privatelli, Janchevsky, Zoyce, player for player, you guys, while some of those players had moments and opportunities throughout the game, you did have their measure, and particularly um, in that midfield, which again I thought was you know, the the cornerstone of, of, of a lot of the good things that happened in this game. And the culmination of that really was was the goal, the the sealer for Mel at the end. We were, Pakura in particular, marvelling at the the quality of, of her movement, how she sort of played that one-two with, with Stacey and, and as soon as she releases the ball is making that run sort of towards the back post and cutting across the face of goal. Do you think a moment like that kind of speaks to... Um, not just the the dynamism of the the midfield that you've got, but the actual actual quality and and the the jump that they're going to be capable of making, or in Mel's case, at returning to. Yeah, I think the the whole the whole um, thought of the whole cold at Western thing was about having connectivity with players um, throughout you know forty two weeks of the season through an MPL and into a, an A League women's, um, and I think that. That was like the way you just explained that then was exactly uh, exactly the way I think about it is if you've got players that are on the same page um, over a large amount of time, then, you know, when you put them into potentially an A-League environment, um, you would hope that all the click and all the connection they've had throughout a winter season is going to come together. And um, I've watched that uh, that video, or sorry, that, that um, <laughs> replay of that goal I reckon probably 25 times in the last few days because it's actually such it's actually such a really good goal. It, mm. it's, it doesn't get enough credit for how well it was scored. It's, it's a you purist know, Stacey, goal, isn't absolutely. it? Like if you're a football yeah. person, that's the kind of goal that you appreciate, maybe more than a, a, a long-range belter or something like that. A long, yeah, 100%. Like, um, you know, Alana Cern's probably going to kill me for this, but, <laughs> you know, I said to her after the game that, 
uh, your goal was okay. Like the, the second goal was the one, you know. Um, even though she still claimed it was a proper goal that she scored, but um, you know, Stacey picks up the ball on the halfway line, carries it, you know, draws a defender, finds Mal, Mal, you know, makes a decision: do I shoot? Do I not? Turns a player in and out, comes back to Stacey, and as you guys said, you know, she makes a fantastic run in the box. Stacey, patience and smart, just plays the ball straight back to it. Like it was actually quite simple when you looked at it, but very intelligent and um that's that connectivity not just in that area but also in our back you know jules tash um you know montana's been fantastic we've got we've got players in there that are connecting really well and that's the the important thing i believe and what western's vision was was you know having a complete sort of um you know team that are understanding one message or one vision or one sort of method um that's what's going to be important. That, I, I can't wait to see how that pans out at the next level. And if it does, because it might not, but it's going to be interesting to see how it does and if it does um, and seeing if the project of, you know, players playing consistently over a large period of time is going to be advantageous at the next level. Mm, certainly, that's what's going to be interesting. Certainly that, that connectivity, that quality that we've seen over the course of this season is promising, bodes well as as they make that transition, I, I guess it's also it must be a fascinating one from from your perspective as well, because uh, you know, in terms of the the tactical identity, the way you set up, like that the the approach that you take into games has been one where you are an extremely difficult side to to beat. You know that the the game plan is is often one that a lot of sides in the NPLW over the course of a number of years now have not had an answer for. So, so I guess that it raises an interesting question for, for you, I guess, as a, as a coach, do you, do you stick with this, uh, this setup that has served you so well at this level? Do you make minor tweaks? Well, where, where is the head at when it comes to that sort of approach at, at your level in making that jump? Uh, I guess it depends who's listening to this as well. So I might not have, <laughs> I, might, I can't give out too many, uh, too many secrets, but, if we look back at 2019 when we won everything, it was a very, it was very much the opposite. I think we scored 137 goals mm. and conceded 25, whatever it was, and it was all a focus on attack and 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 drive forward and you know and basically put a lot of reliance on our front half. Uh, and when we once we came into this year, we knew we were, you know we had some good young players coming up. It was effectively sort of protecting them and giving them the right time to develop and the right opportunity to play, while also implementing a game plan that was going to suit that scenario. Um, so, you know, effectively we sort of changed the way we played. So we went almost like a total opposite um, and then went to focusing so much on our defensive setup and, you know, making sure that our defenders knew what their roles were um, and then adjusted. So I couldn't say that going into A-League women, we would be playing the same way as Calder was playing now or, you know, playing the same way Calder played three years ago in 2019 it's very much about once the group's in there you know your personnel and then you start building around that mm. um and and looking at that you know it could be a combination of both who knows um but as i said i don't know if i can give too much guys because uh who knows who's listening no that was that was a good that yeah. was a good shape-shifting answer like you handled that well <laughs> for, you, Mark, for a long time while you've been at colder you guys have been the hunted you guys have been the top dogs and being the one everybody wanted to be like are you excited for that new challenge of kind of being the hunters this time and trying to stake your claim and be like, we deserve to be here? Yeah, I think even uh, when Calder was established in 2016, it was a it was a new NPL club, so no one 
you know, it was it was born in 2016. You already had your established clubs like Heidelberg and South uh, Bulleen. You know, you had all these teams around, even Box Hills and that. Um, so it was effectively very similar back then that we were nothing and we had to prove ourselves early on to make sure that, you know, people knew who we were and what we were doing. Um, so obviously this is a different scale. It's A-League level, so it's, you know, it's nationally recognised and there's, you're going to be scrutinised if you don't do things a certain way and that. But it's almost like a you know, a, a bigger opportunity than what we had at Calder when it first started. So it's going to be exciting, but more importantly, like I know it's going to be challenging and <clears throat> it's going to challenge me as a coach, but it's going to challenge our players. Um, and to be honest, we're looking forward to it. And, and the club's given, you know, myself, um, you know, Amanda Stella, they're giving us the full sort of um, reign to go at it and, and give it a red hot go. Um, so, you know, there's expectations obviously to be successful early on, but, um, I think the important thing is setting the foundations and that's what we did at Coldo in that first year, which my thought is to do the same thing at Western is build the foundation, um, you know, set an example straight away, change change the dial straight away. Like, you know, obviously a, a fantastic signing yesterday with Chloe Lagaza, you know, if that's not an impact and that, that's not a statement of, you know, we want to change the game here as a, as a club, then I don't know what is. And it was very similar in 2016, you know, we signed, I think, four or five Melbourne Victory players at Calder um, that were reputable and, and, you know, in high demand. And we said it, we, we set a statement back then. And, and you know, it's history, it's, it's history now and it's in there forever with what Calder's done. And it's effectively the same as what we can do at Western is build something from nothing and, and I guess, build a foundation right. That That's what's cr- uh, critical and key for me, to be honest. Well, I, th- I think you took the, the words right out of our mouths, really. I mean, you talk about confidence and, and, and backing from the club and, and nothing really uh, accentuates or you know outlines that point more than welcoming in someone uh, like a, a Chloe Legazzo into the into the fold and you know, we've been praising the, the dynamism of your, your midfield and your attack she feels like a, a great player to be to be bringing in not just because of the credentials but also because of how she fits that 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 sort of approach I mean you must be over over the moon to, to welcome her in the door. Yeah, definitely, and I think it's it's good for learning for for other players as well. That's mm. that's what's so important for me, and and even myself. Like you know, learning for me, I've only ever coached at, at MPL level, and you know, had little bits and pieces of involvement at at A League level as a goalkeeper coach. But even for me to have someone of that quality, and uh, you know, that's literally played everywhere in the world, um, and obviously with their national team, is is so important for me to learn as a coach, um, and you know. While I know that that's going to be a challenge, as I said, it's also going to be an exciting time. But, you know, we're all going to learn different bits and pieces, not just from Chloe, but from some of the other really good signings that we've got and, and already announced and some more that we will announce, obviously, obviously in the next few weeks. Um, that's that's the challenge and that's what's exciting. That Like, that is what I can't wait for. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, I know the girls are, are just dying to sort of get involved. Even though this season finished three days ago, like, they're already... <laughs> messaging and like so we're starting soon and when we when's the training schedule coming out and all this type of stuff i'm like just have a relax so a few of the i've said i think a few of the girls have gone to bali and overseas they're gone everywhere so they're enjoying a bit of time off how much time do they like get off because the season starts i believe 16th of november you guys have got yep. your first game at home how when do you guys get back into that you know mindset of we've got a season we need to you know re- get ready and start going now uh, I think the next few weeks they'll have, as I said, that bit of downtime, but they'll get all the information of what's actually 
going to be happening. Um, I, I would say first week, second week of October, they'll sort of start coming in um, and start preparing for that. It's a short, obviously, it's a short preseason. We're used, we're used to like three and a half months of preseason at NPL level, so this is going to be an eye opener um, for myself, even to to get a preseason organised in five weeks. Um, but even for the players too. So um, yeah, I mean, hoping around that time for everyone to be coming in uh, and then you know getting ourselves ready for that. But hopefully they haven't lost too much um, too much of a fitness base. Who knows what they're up to in Bali and things? But uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll look after themselves. Now, Mark, you hinted, you said uh, well, you might have some, you know, some new signings. Now, Mark, you can't give us a name, can you? Like, can you give us a hint? Can you? Wh- wh- I was waiting for that. Yeah, on, <laughs> let us know something, please. <laughs> um, well, how many? I think we've signed about fifteen, haven't we? Is that right? Yeah, Is that you've, about you've that many. Signed a fair few, yes. Um, oh, there'll be there'll be some interesting names. Put it that way. I think there'll be some names that will really. Um, give Western United the, the same excitement that we've had in the last week with some of those signings. And, mm. um, you know, like Analana Cern out of nowhere, first signing of the club, um, has proven probably in the last four to six weeks that the kid is more than capable. She's still yeah. 19 years old, you know. It's like mm. um, I, I took a call from a national team coach about her a few weeks ago, not from the, the national team coach, but one of the junior Matildas and young Matildas coaches about her, and you know, these these are the type of opportunities that I know Western and myself want to create is just opportunities for the players. Um, so, yeah, while there will be a couple more uh, exciting names, there's also some very, very good players who have been around the MPL um, for, you know, many years that deserve an opportunity. And if anything, I'll be really honest, guys, like they're the exciting ones for me, you know, like uh, a, a Freddie Amano getting, you know, one game last year at Melbourne Victory, you know, hopefully she gets, you know, more time this year uh, with us at Western. They, they, those are the stories for me that are important. Yeah, while a Chloe Legazzo one is absolutely amazing for our game in the A-League and our club, you know, the exciting ones for me are going to be those type, you know, Alyssa Dallas, how she's going to go at MPL, at um, A-League women's level. Those type of things are really exciting for me, to be honest. Well, I, Pakur, I, I respect you for for trying. You're doing your job as a journalist. You got to you, no. You've got to ask the question. To, I'll I'll make it a bit. I'll make it a bit easier for you, Mark, because you you kind of got the 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 ball rolling with uh with Francesco. Give give us a tour of, of some of the other the new names that you've brought in. You know, obviously the the internationals there, but for us, you know, Pakur and I have got that sort of NPL uh, women's Victoria lean, like names like Francesca and and Silverbill Morris as well. Yeah. Who you've signed to a scholarship mm. contract. Uh, uh, really stick out. Give us a, a bit of a tour of uh, some of these new faces, the non-colder faces. <laughs> well, they're probably the only non-colder faces at the moment, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> they're the only two. So th- there will be a few others um, that are sort of uh, hanging around. But Silver Bell, for me, is going to be a really exciting. I think she's she's a bit like the Alana Soon one. It's it's a player that's just taken the league um, by storm, to be honest. And, um, you know, looking really looking forward to seeing her, how many opportunities she gets. Um, and, you know, while she's a scholarship player, it's really going to be up to a player like her to see, you know, once she plays X amount of games, you know, she'll probably get herself a full contract. So, mm. um, you know, they, they, like I said, those are the exciting things for me. So um, I didn't answer your question. I'm sorry. But <laughs> there's not going to be uh, – like there might be one or two other girls from other clubs in the league. But, again, it, it wouldn't be right for me to discuss that like now. No. And, you know, let them have their – a little bit of time to shine, which I think is very important for the I players. I, I was referring more to, to some of the um, the the internationals, but but while you're you're mentioning oh, okay. um, while you're mentioning scholarship contracts, just because it's it's come to the 
the forefront of my mind. We've, we've had so many um, different conversations, Mark, about you know the idea of, of, of the Calder Academy and that pathway being one that can provide to Western, but also just provide opportunities, generally speaking. And I remember someone we spoke about um, previously was uh, was Ava Brightus, and she's obviously just yep. been a former Calder junior, been part of the emerging program under Helen Winterburn, your assistant now, and she's inked a, a scholarship deal with Victory. You must be pleased to see, again, that, that Calder network just spreading out, not just to Western United, but elsewhere amongst the <laughs> league. Yeah, definitely. Ava was uh, Ava's an exciting young player, and... Um... You know, she was in uh, a Victory Academy uh, elite program that, you know, obviously she's been part of for the last year. So that was always going to be, a you know, a challenge between what she did, you know, loyalty towards that or loyalty towards her previous junior club. Um, I'm just really excited that the kid has got an opportunity and, you know, if it was with Western or if it was with um, Victory or even if it was with City, it doesn't really matter. Like even like Caitlin Carriage was a, a former Calder girl, mm. a junior player for us as well. And, you know, it's exciting that, Hopefully she gets a really good opportunity at City this year if she's re-signed there or not. Um, you know, it's going to be an amazing, amazing opportunity. And it just goes back to that whole colder sort of, um, it's like a factory, yeah. It's like a football factory. <laughs> and for us, it's really, really exciting. It, it, look, for me, yes, I'll put a colder hat on and say I wish they would all come to Western or, you know, stay colder their whole lives. But the reality is, is as long as we're producing players for, for football and, and for the national teams, um, then you know that's that's my goal uh, as a coach. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really matter what colours they're wearing as long as they're out there and representing themselves. And I actually sent over a message or her mum a message that, that day of that and um, congratulated her and wished her all the best. And you know, I actually said one day you know, it'd be great to be able to coach her and things like that. So um, yeah, like one that got away, I think, but also one that deserves an opportunity. Speaking of the national team, Mark. Tony Gustafsson was at the game and handed out the winner's medals. Medals. What was it like to – did you know he was going to be there? And when you when the players saw him, were they a bit like, oh, this is this is different? What was that – what was it like for the team? I don't think anyone – I don't think it ever knew that he was going to be there, to be honest. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, he uh, – it was interesting, actually, because someone had said before the game that the national team coach was going to be there. And then I knew that Leah Blaney was actually going to be at the game. So I just assumed that that's who people were saying. Um, so I said, yeah, I knew Leah Blaine was coming because she actually messaged me. Um, and then when they said, no, 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 it's actually the, the, the Matildas coach, I said, no, there's no way. <laughs> and 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 they were like, no, no, he's here. And so anyway, I, said, I still didn't believe it. As the game went on, I didn't believe it. And then um, then I saw, I saw him, I think, with about 10 minutes left walking around. And I said to myself, shit, actually, he is here. <laughs> yeah. um, and then... Uh, luckily, like the the girls didn't actually know it either. I mean, they probably would have, you know, uh, who knows? Would probably not performed as well if they were thinking about that. But um, I know when Julia got her got her medal, she looked over to me and she was sort of like, um, you could see in her face, she was like, "Oh my god, I'm about to go and shake hands with the national team coach." So um, yeah, like it was exciting. It was it was I guess um, spontaneous. I guess we can say it was just really weird out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it, I shook his hand and wished him all the best, and he wished me all the best. So I told him I'm going to get go for his job. Well, he had that sort of um, casual, unassuming kind of garb on. He, he wasn't exactly wearing a sign that said "I am the Australian national <laughs> team manager" or had the the tracksuit on or anything like that. <laughs> That's what makes me think it was out of nowhere. <laughs> 
But it was great. Honestly, it was good. It was good for, for football that obviously he was there. And hopefully he turns up to the New South Wales NPL final this, this week as well. So Yes, yes. Agreed, agreed. Well, I, I mentioned her before. I, I do want to ask about her again. And I know you've heaped praise on her uh, previously. But um, Helen, obviously coming in and working... Uh, alongside you uh, as an assistant, we've seen the sort of excellent job that she's done with FE emerging this year, getting them into the postseason for, for the first time, obviously playing against you guys in <laughs> in that game. How excited are, are you to be um, working alongside her as opposed to uh, against her as you have done in, in seasons gone by? Yeah, I think this is going to be, um, this is going to be a really important role for uh, for our club and having Helen involved in that, and even again for myself uh, to be working with Helen is going to be fantastic. Um, she's got amazing knowledge of the game. Um, you know, getting really getting to know her in the last two or three months, um, the knowledge is unbelievable, and I think she's going to have a really, really important role to play um, with our, within our group. Um, obviously, we can see how well she did with her young group, uh, the emerging Tilda. So um, she's going to be exciting, like really exciting. I don't know if you guys know, but she had she was she had COVID and she wasn't able to coach against us uh, that semi final. Um, so she was at home. She rang me the Tuesday night, and I know how much she was excited to be coaching against us in the final because it was the first time, obviously emerging and made a final. Mm. And um, she rang me up on Tuesday and she goes, "You're not going to believe it." I said, "Oh what?" I thought maybe she's going to tell me something's happened to a player or something. Like that. She goes, "I've got COVID." And I was like. Yes. <laughs> I said, you're not going to be there to coach. Uh, and then she goes, I oh, know, I know. She was so upset. But you know what? She, she did an incredible job to get that team into the final. Um, and they really did give you know give us a good shake, to be honest, in that semifinal because they, they, did, they did it against us during the season as well. So mm. she's going to be really important. And I'm looking, really looking forward to working with her. They, you know, she certainly did. And they were, well, they're a side we've... We really, really liked watching Lockie because they're always very unpredictable. But, Mark, final question. Is there a target or a set benchmark that you kind of want to hit heading into this first A-League women's season? Or are you kind of just going with the, the flow and seeing where it, you know, wherever you land up? Uh, I reckon it's a bit of both. Um, if you ask uh, the CEO, he wants to win the league in the first season. Um, as you guys that know. That doesn't sound like Chris at all. No. That doesn't sound like Chris at all. <laughs> Very ambitious uh, man, um, but that's great because it's it, it keeps us on our toes. Um, I, like honestly, I just want to be very competitive but exciting, and I want I really want to be involved. You know, as as to as deep as we possibly can in this A League season. If that means finish top four and play some extra football, um, that that's what I would love um, for the playing group. I always have this. Um, I guess this. Uh, thoughts in my mind that players will develop more by playing more games. So, you know, playing the standard 18, 19 games in a season or in an NPL 21 games, that ain't going to help you. So I, I constantly say to players, if you want to be the best, you need to play as many games as possible. And obviously with our NPL Victoria season this year, I think our girls, got, you know, got to play 30, 31 games or so, I think something all up. And my same message would be, that to our Western girls will be the same. You know, let's try and play 23, 24 games. Um, so that means we've got to make a grand final uh, without actually telling them that I want to play in a grand final, if you know what I mean. Um, but, yeah, like that's that's sort of the way I think of it. I think that we can be competitive um, and I think that we're going to be exciting. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just an amazing opportunity for players who need it, who have ne- never had it. 
um, or have had it and didn't take full advantage of it then. Um, so this is the exciting thing for me is, is putting them back on the stage and putting players on the stage that have, have deserved an opportunity. Well, Mark, thank you for joining us and good luck heading into this season. I'm sure we'll talk to you um, more. And uh... yeah. it's, a, it's a weird dynamic where you're saying good luck and congratulations yes. simultaneously. It's, a, it's, it's I feel like it must be it's nice. Fun. It's it must fun. be nice. It must be nice <laughs> for Mark. But um, Mark, uh, thank you for joining us and uh, good luck and congratulations. <laughs> and uh, We'll head to a break and uh, we'll be back Thanks, to talk guys. about the A-League women's fixtures that have just come out, Lockie. Yes, we will.